Welcome to episode 62 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm one of your hosts, Facilia Sassimakos. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, you guys, good to see you, brother. How you doing? Yeah, good to see you too, man. It's yeah. nice to have like a real reliable host with me this week. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I, I mean, the podcast kind of needed it. I yeah. So, but I, so I appreciate the invitation. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're being a little rude because uh, we are talking about Superman these days. And we've got a Superman-Batman crossover. So I thought... What? Is this the first time outside of like Super Friends that Batman and Superman are on screen together? You know, I wouldn't know. There's usually somebody here that does the research for that kind of thing, I think. But I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Um, but that's interesting. That's an interesting question. You know, it might be, we, we do have somebody here that we could ask. We do. Um, we are talking Batman these days, so we brought on a Batman expert. Yes. Um, so I'd like to welcome to the podcast. He's a uh, writer. He's a producer. He's an adequately funny guy. Um, Chris. I think he has his own podcast. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know him that well. Do you want to you intro yourself? Well, hello. I am uh, Chris Lord, and I do consider myself a bit of a Batman expert. It's really nice to have you on the podcast, Thank Chris. you. It's, uh, it's, it's nice to be here. We've really I, wanted to bring you on for a while, too. Yeah, I've listened to this before. It's, uh, it's kind of shit. Um, yeah. Your, your other host, who's not here, thank God. Horrible. Absolutely Horrible. Yeah, he's tired. He's he's pretty tired. He's usually really tired. He's, he's usually tired. pretty grumpy. I hear he mostly texts during the podcast and doesn't actually do any work. <clears throat> he does. He swears so. more than I would like. I know. Yeah. Uh, what a fucking asshole. Yeah. So. But anyway, it's good It's good to have you, Chris. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. Yeah. Why don't you kind of take the reins for a little bit? Okay, sure. And I'll, while I grab uh, some water. Um, what I've heard is you guys tend to do a, a news segment right yes. up at the front here. Do you um, happen to have any news I, for us? I, I did do a little bit of uh, last-minute research coming in because we were recording this. Uh, or Let me rephrase that. You guys have invited me to come record this <laughs> right after Justice League came out. And uh, What did you think of Justice League, Chris? It was a, a, a steaming garbage fire that no one should... Like destroy their eyes and ears and soul, having to see, um, and it seems I'm not the only one who thinks that because it did not do as well as everyone had hoped for. It only brought in uh, about 94 million domestically, and they're hoping for like a good, like maybe 110 million debut. Um, but the problem, of course, being that movie had a estimated 300 million dollar budget. Was it the third highest cost I'm, film to date? I, I don't I that know that out. specifically. Someone told me that, and I believe them. You believe them. <clears throat> it wouldn't surprise me, because I think it came in around 250 before an additional $50 million in uh, weird, tonally off-putting Joss Whedon reshoots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the movie was just fine. Of if course, you want to hear more about of our thoughts, you we have a crossover episode <laughs> that's coming you, out. Sometime. Did you think it was just fine? I thought it was fine. It's, it's, a, it's inter- actually interesting, because like the last DC movie, the last of the new DC movies that I saw before Wonder Woman... The first and last was Man of Steel. Oh, so you missed the the two stinkers. I'm, I miss all of them, and and I and I and I you know you I mean, love your you mean, podcast. You mean like the four and a third stinkers that we've had. There's only five movies, and he yeah, named exactly. the other three. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I I love your podcast, don't, not just because I love you guys. What's your podcast now? Oh. I'm like I sometimes I just wanna I just wanna like reach through my car radio and be like you guys. Why do you keep watching these movies? And especially you. <laughs> especially you, Chris. I, 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 don't, I don't understand it because it's like, well, you have hope, and that's, and that's actually a very... I'm, I'm touching your shoulder. Yes. Uh, I, I like it. It's very comforting. 
and uh, I think that's actually like a very attractive quality that you have is that you you kind of have this. Thanks. Op- like this I mean, a- this optimi- it's mostly his hair, which <laughs> I, I I find frustratingly well coiffed every time you I do see have you. good hair. It's Thank the you. perfect amount I, of I've, like I've learned how to style hair. I know. I'm to coiff even, it. even with it like the back of it pushed down by the headphones. It, if anything, it accentuates the front and gives it like an extra bit of lift thing there, and it makes me just perpetually jealous every time I see you. Thank Superman you. can jump right off it and take flight. That's right. basically Absolutely. what we're saying. Yeah, he's going he's got some Superman hair right there. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Super, The Man of Steel was the last DC movie that I saw, other than Wonder Woman, which I saw. Well, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman's the best. That's a little bit of damning with faint praise. And then uh, Man of Steel is the second best, damning with even more faint praise. Man of Steel was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Well, you haven't seen Batman vs. Superman or uh, Suicide Squad. That's right. That's right. Justice and League. I think I think that I think the you know like the 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 they're, like the ceiling would keep getting broken. I think it's it's I think it's the the opposite. I think it's like the equivalent of a movie scene where like a character falls through one floor and then he falls through the next floor and then he falls through the next floor. I think that's what it would they, be like. They if just I, keep, yeah keep digging themselves deeper. They, they, I mean, fight, they, they fight finding a new low. And that's, yes, that's, that's, that's exciting. absolutely true. To, to yeah. see it's how exciting. Bad, exactly. How bad we can go. He says with a sweet smile on his face it's like an adventure guys like how <laughs> how far into the depths of hell can we dive in yeah it's almost it's impressive like a... but so what what is interesting though is uh i mean it's always hard to tell when one of these major movies comes out because chris these could rumors... you kind of sure we have to get to the episodes that we can talk about news guys yeah I'm, I'm i'm actually getting us back to some news here i'm, I'm using my uh my brilliant ability to segue here <laughs> you do have good segues but you know what the you know what the problem is you you acknowledge them immediately after you make them and then you kind of lose credit for them when that happens because we're idiots. So, so let me let me let me acknowledge my own segue right here and say that what I was getting to is one of the rumors circulating now is that maybe Batfleck is out. Um, totally fine with that. And did you guys see who might be who's rumored to possibly replace him? Val Kilmer. Oh my God! Wouldn't that be a crazy thing? <laughs> uh, no, I did not. Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Which yeah, just have him do everything. Just in, it's it's fine. Just like yeah, he look, can do everything. In my mind, like that's that's a choice that just makes sense. Like I know he's been in the running before when um, they were casting Batman Begins. He mm-hmm. was almost Spider Man. He's kind of been almost a superhero a lot. I think he's the right kind of guy in terms of like the the look, the acting chops, the intensity, like the charm, everything like that. But I, I was talking to a friend of mine today. This kind of feels like casting Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. It makes sense. You're like, that is a really obvious choice, and he'll probably do an okay job. I would like to see them cast, like, do, like, the Daniel Craig sort of thing. Like, I don't know if that's going to work, and then it turns out that they're really good at it. I want someone who's, like, a little bit weird. You're like, that's an, a weird choice for Batman, but I can kind of see where they're going with, and I'm curious like, to see what they do like with a, it. Like Daniel Craig. Yeah. Actually, yeah, let's just, let's just cast Daniel Craig as James Bond. Yeah. Th- think about it. As, as Batman. As James Bond as Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jay, well, I think I think about Jake Gyllenhaal is recently he's been very selective he, about roles. He's gotten he's done like pretty much Oscar bait type stuff the last few. Like, did you guys see Southpaw? I did not. No. I did not. It was really good. That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Is that is Aaron Eckhart in that one? Mm-hmm. Is he like a that's trainer? A no, 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 no. That's um, that's Miles Teller. The Miles Teller one that was Sean Ryan. Yeah, because my friend oh, was in right. that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, so right, it's yeah, like I I, that that. I mean, if I mean, it could be just a rumor, but if he's if he's up for the role, if he wants that role, that would be really interesting because I don't think that's like the the type of movie he's been going for lately, and maybe he just wants another three or four houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, make it. You know, it's like you can make a shitload of money out of it, and I mean, it's not a there's potential back like you know it hasn't worked well for Ben Affleck, so I mean, there's 
potential backlash there. But I don't know. I'm curious about it. Back fleck. I nope. just was <laughs> stumbling away through that. It's been a while. Uh, you, it's been you're a while. slowly losing yeah. your, your, your podcast. <laughs> it's been a while. What, uh, one other thing I just happened to see today is apparently there's talk about maybe making an R-rated Harley Quinn animated series. And that Margot Robbie may return to voice the character. Okay. Which would be, I, I think it's probably end up on the DC streaming service. It's going to do Titans and Young Justice. What would you guys think about that? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm always much more open minded when it comes to animation. So, I mean, I'll I'll watch it. R rated animation is always here's like a like a promo image for it. Okay, um, it's kind of like Ralph Bakshi like a little bit that color palette. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool look to it. I, yeah, I, like that I'd, warm browns yeah, and stuff. I'd be intrigued by it. Yeah, I mean, R R rated cartoons, uh, especially like violent cartoons, I think are are very niche right now, so it'll be interesting to see how yeah. they kind of open it up to, like, a, a bigger audience. Yeah, it, I don't know. It could be fun. It can you, can you think of an R-rated cartoon in the past 10 years that's, that's not, like, an adult swim? No, not really. Well, that Batman I mean, one that came out last year was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a series, we, though. Yeah, as a series, like... It was a series? Oh, no, 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 no as, I, mean, as, yeah, as a series. I got you, yeah, I, I mean, got you. Yeah, we, we, so get, we had Spawn in 96... 97. Oh, I never watched the Spawn yeah, cartoon. Yeah, HBO Spawn. And then we had Stripperella. Stripperella. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean... Stan mo- Lee's Stripperella. Sorry. Yeah, mo- Archer? Was Ar- Archer is an R. No, Archer. I mean, Archer's TV MA, but... Yeah. I mean, it's, right. weird, it's weird for them to say R-rated, because if it's a yeah, you television can't. series, a TV it would be TMMA. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it happens sometimes. It all depends on what, what they're trying to push with a higher rating. Is it going to be violence? It's probably going to be... Um, Violence and sex. Sex, probably, yeah, some inappropriate humor. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, in anime, that's a very common thing. You have, like, very adult anime that comes out. And, like, they do it fine. Mm-hmm. Like, you definitely see the hard R action and why it is hard R. And I can see them tying that in a little bit to this. But, I don't know. I'll, I'm, I'll keep an open mind. Yeah. I don't know. Could be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by it. I still have bits more news. Do you have news? I've been, I've been running. I have, I have a piece of As news. your guest, I've been running rampant with the news here. I really yeah. should leave it to you guys <laughs> to deliver some of this. Um, I don't know if you saw this. It was a, an, an article that came out last week that didn't really, that didn't get the praise, that I, not praise, but the attention it should have, I think. Mm. Uh, but Nintendo uh, is finally coming out of the crawl space again and trusting a studio to make another movie. Oh, I did see something Oh, like yeah, yeah, I did and, see like a headline uh, about that. Yeah, Nintendo is teaming up with Illumination, who doesn't have a great track record for animated movies. What it, did they do? Uh, that's the Minions studio. Oh. Um, so Despicable Me, 1, 2, 3, Minions, Secret uh, Life Sing, of Pets. Secret Life, Secret Life of Pets, yeah. I liked Sing. Sing was good. Yeah, Sing was fine. Uh, Secret, and, Life of Pet, uh, Secret Life of Pets, I hated it. I didn't see it. Didn't see yeah. any of those. Yeah, um, I didn't see any of that. And then obviously the Minions series Deal. is is their main moneymaker, right? Um, but yeah, they have teamed up to make an animated Super Mario Bros. movie. Okay. Um, so I'm very curious how that's going to turn out because yeah. since '94, Nintendo has been very, very protective of their licenses. What happened mm-hmm. in '94 that made them protective of their licenses? <laughs> There's what? a great movie that what? came out called The Super Mario Brothers. Would you classify it as a good, bad movie? I'd just classify it as the best movie in the world. There we go. Uh, but, I mean, there was that, and there was the awful uh, TV, TV series. I remember that, that. I remember that TV show. It was, like, part live action, part animation, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Uh, vaguely, very vaguely. And then there was the, the Legend of Zelda TV series, which is there also... Was? Yes. What? It's horrible. 
because it was what? animated at like I want to say eight frames per second. It just Ooh. looks like garbage. That's mm. bad. Um, so they've been very, very protective of their licenses, mm. and you, you can see just recently how they've kind of opened up, especially with their deal with mobile phones. Because we've had you know the Super Mario Bros. game, we've had Pokemon Go. Uh, at some point this month, we're supposed to get Animal Crossing on the iPhone, which I'm very excited for. But I, I'm very curious how 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 this is going to turn out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and for them to start with their biggest property being the first thing they give, give the okay out there. to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would hope that it's going to be good. You know, we we want these things. We want to them to be, be good. good. Yes. I just don't know. Yeah. How well I, they I will don't know turn about out. that. Um, okay. Well, I think one last little bit of news here, unless you have some other major ones. No, that's the I feel only like one whatever you about. may have, I'm sure is also. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned this. You're talking about animation, talking about things that we hope will be good, but this case probably will be good. Cameron, what teaser trailer dropped over the weekend that you must have been shitting yourself <gasps> with excitement over? Oh my over? god! Oh my god! Someone did, like someone filmed me reacting to the trailer, which was very exciting. Uh, the Incredibles two trailer. Er, oh yeah, teaser yeah, yeah. Trailer. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. It's, uh, it's like great. Twenty seconds, but it's amazing, guys. It's been so long since I've seen The Incredibles. I f- like am f- forgetting a lot of that movie because the movie came out in two thousand four. I know, but it wasn't like it hasn't <clears> been any part of like my rotation. Like I've seen Up again. I've seen Ratatouille again. I've seen like other Pixar stuff. You know, multiple times. Incredibles. I think I only saw it once. Wow. Yeah, it's and my I favorite Pixar movie. I think it was when I saw it too. Can when we, I saw it too. Can we comfortably say it's the best superhero movie ever made? Yes. No. I don't think so. Oh, I think so. Really? What would you challenge that with? Like specifically the best superhero movie. Well, I don't know. Like, I the I don't best I, betrayal of I, superheroes on screen. I would I I mean I don't I'm on the spot. I mean, yeah. I, but you, you yeah. I mean, you, you, welcome you, you to the just, podcast facility. Well, well, yeah, you just well, you I didn't say. Well, I didn't slam. I didn't slam something down the table and said, you "No, sounded, you're you wrong." Pretty definitive. I said, "No." I said, "I sounded no. like no." <laughs> right? What you know? Can I play back on that? Can I play back on that? <laughs> no, I refuse. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think uh, as your guest, I refuse to use your audio equipment to I go think, back. I think. Uh, Iron Man 1 is up there. I think mm-hmm. Captain America 2 is up there. I think Avengers 1 is up there. Um, I don't think any of those, yeah, are, I don't think I any think, of those are better than I think Lego Batman is up there. I don't think it's better than Incredibles. Uh, Incredibles yeah. You might be right. You might be right. It might, I, but it's I, definitely, I feel like it's, it's, it's probably in the conversation, I would say, but I don't know if it's the best one. I think one. it's uh, Iron it's, Giant. Iron Giant's great. That's not really a superhero. superhero but he wears the Superman. Yeah, he's not a person. Also, also Brad Bird, both cases. Uh, yeah, that's um, very true. I would say this. I think that the Incredible Speed Racer. Speed Racer. That's a superhero movie. Not get a superhero out. movie. It's totally a superhero get movie. Out. I do love the movie. It's not a superhero movie. Get out. I think uh, the Incredible movie. Get out. <laughs> yeah, the movie Get Out. Superhero film. Kind of. The was. Incredibles is sweet. probably one like it's the movie that I think is uh, both the most earnest about actually being about superheroes and also does that well. It's not. It is self aware without being like intentionally ironic or subversive of its own status superhero film. Like even the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like you watch Iron Man one. Like that's it is a superhero movie because it's based off of a superhero. But it's really trying to be more of a um, like slight sci fi kind of like. James Bond sort of action thriller mm. sort of thing. Okay, well, what, what, Winter Soldier is like a political thriller with the superhero at its heart. The Dark Knight is a modern crime epic with the superhero at its heart. 
The Avengers, I would agree with you on, but I think the Avengers has more flaws than the Incredibles, which I think right. is basically flawless. Would you? I mean, would you bring Superman one or two, the Donner ones, into the conversation? I think they definitely be. I, in the I love those films, but they they are rife with issues because of the behind the scenes production problems. Like even my well even, two. No, but even one, because one has the end, the original ending for Superman 2 tacked on the front yeah, of it. And yeah. let's be honest, the whole fly around the world's reverse time thing is really fucking stupid. Yeah, it is. It is stupid. But, I mean, it would have been okay. The, I mean, it, it would have been acceptable. The racing kiss from 2. It would have been acceptable if it was used just one time. Because I think, you know, for the 70s, I think Donner, over the course of Superman 1, kind of drew the audience in with everything until he finally he had them and he could do what he want with them yeah. and they're like we're with you on this journey you want superman you want you want superman to turn the world to turn time backwards by flying around the world all right camera's out he, he's... no i'm trying to think of like other obscure oh, I thought... <laughs> superhero films because because you you just listed marvel films you had you didn't say anything about like the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans or the X-Men's or... Spider-Man 2 is very good. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 is very, very good. Yeah. But I, I, th- I still think most modern superhero films mm-hmm. suffer... Yeah, I forgot about that one. Thank they you. suffer a little bit from the idea that they're trying to underplay their superheroiness by grounding themselves in other genres, which is a totally worthy thing to do. Yeah. That's actually what I say that... But they're films... still superhero... Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I've been arguing on the podcast that, that films should be doing that more. Yeah. And in general, I think that has worked. But I, what I think about The Incredibles is that I feel like that might be the film that embraces the most just being a flat-out superhero. I mean, it's grounded in a family drama, but really, like, that's not a genre in the same way that, like, you know, a crime thrillers or political thriller and that sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, but I can tell you, conversation. you know, you know what is uh, not a good superhero film is Batman versus Superman: Colon Don Justice. I've talked about this at length, but luckily there is a really good version of Batman and Superman meeting on screen, and we just all got to watch it, guys. Let's take a moment to acknowledge how great it is. No, I'm not acknowledging that segue. It was pretty fantastic. <laughs> uh, so, very question very for sure. you, Chris. Yes, is this the first time outside of Super Friends? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Superman and Batman. Um, Batman. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> I, no, <laughs> I, I will admit that uh, sometimes even I need to do a little bit of research before I prepare for these sort of things. So they had met several times in the the comics in various yeah, iterations, we, on, obviously in, on screen. Um, as far as I can tell, I think it is uh, the articles that I looked up all reference the comics themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's stop and think about this. So. Batman, the different iterations of Batman were the movie serials and TV shows from the, with the early 40s. Mm-hmm. Same with Superman. As far as I know, those two never crossed over. No. Um, there was the George Reeves Superman, and then there was the 60s Batman, again, never crossed over. Mm-hmm. Uh, there would have been Super Friends in the 70s. Right. The Richard Donner films never crossed over with Batman, nor did the Tim Burton films, nor did the Nolan films, nor did Superman Returns, nor did Smallville. Nope. Uh, nor did Lois and Clark. To well, my, this to is my now, knowledge, right? Though this is now after. Yeah, Lois and Clark would be before that, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it is. To, so, like, to the best of my ability, I believe it is. You two have have just a a, a couple years above me. <laughs> uh, do you remember watching this as a kid? Yep. Like the first time Superman and Batman team up, ever on screen. Well, outside of Super Friends. In parentheses. Are yeah. you wait? Are you quizzing us, or or do you know the answer? And you're at no, you're legit, no, no, no. Okay, asking, no, yeah. Like, I'm, you, I'm asking uh, like, what was your? If, do you remember your reaction seeing this for the first time? 
Well, I think I actually probably saw the Super Friends episode before because I used to watch Super Friends when I was like little. Nerd. I remember with my with yeah with my <laughs> mom with like my with like my mom nerds. and my grandparents. We would sit around because they could all like they all knew even my grandparents who 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 didn't speak much English at all like knew Superman and Batman and mm-hmm. they, the stories were simple enough that they could kind of grasp what was happening. So like I remember Super Super Friends was on, so it was probably Super Friends that I saw that, and then after that, I honestly I. It might have been this, but it might actually have been Justice League that I saw before these episodes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I mean, I don't know if I remember watching this specific arc when it aired, but I know I must have because a couple episodes ago we were watching Superman episode, and I remember watching it when it aired. Right. Back I don't in remember. So I remember none of this. Yeah. Because none I, of this. Like, but for me, like this, like this, this was my Saturday morning cartoons thing. Like, this is what I got up early to go was to sit down and watch Kids WB to watch Batman and Superman. Did you have? Were you eating cereal? Um, I'm sure I the was. TV. Probably a lot of Egos. Okay. Too, oh, nice. I think would be the yeah would be the case there. Yeah. Um, but no, I, mean, I, I remember sitting down to watch these, and I, I know I've seen this a few times. I'm pretty sure I would have seen this when it came on originally. Because um, then I also know that they like bundled together and released it as a, a movie, mm-hmm. and so that was interesting. Because if you watch, especially that's the, right, yeah, 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 it was like Batman Superman movie. I don't know if they even include the world's finest title in it, but especially the first episode of this is basically the first act of a film. Yeah, like, I mean, it does really right. play out in three <laughs> acts and three episodes. Um, but so we we had seen it before. This is your first. This is time, my first time, first time seeing it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts going? It was great. I was trying to imagine, like, because the opening scene is Joker in a Superman episode. Yeah. And I was trying to imagine, like, a kid. Like, if I was 11 years old watching this, I'm sure there were advertisements and commercials all leading up to it, like, letting you know that they were going to meet. Yeah, I mean, there would have been. But even then, like, I mean, this was pre-easy internet. Let's call it that. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't – there would have been some marketing for it, but – Maybe, maybe not a whole lot. I think it's really, well, I mean, still like commercials. Yeah, probably some commercials. But I, I think to your point, there's probably a lot of kids who sat down to watch Superman, and all of a sudden Joker's there. Like, wait. Yeah, like trying to, like, because I think it, it relates a lot to our Thor Hulk uh, talk in the Thor Ragnarok podcast mm-hmm. of, like, <clears throat> what would the story have been if we didn't know that Hulk was going to be in oh, that Thor? Scene, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's how I was trying to think about this. Like, if I was going in and not knowing that Batman was going to be in this episode, I would have freaked out. Yeah, that would have been yeah, that would have been pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I love these episodes. Um, there was uh, no mention of Martha, which I thought was a, a very <laughs> smart play on their, on their part. Slam. Yeah. Um, there was uh, uh, Superman knew what Kryptonite was, which was a good play everyone on their knew part. Kryptonite. Everyone was. knows what Kryptonite is at this point. Yeah. So I, I do have a question about that. So. Yeah, because in the the opening scene, Joker steals what everyone thinks is a jade dragon, but is actually clearly made of kryptonite. So mm-hmm. he knows that that is kryptonite. He knows that Superman is vulnerable to kryptonite. He knows he can profit off of this. I have, I have a quick dumb question. Yeah. My normal dub questions. Um, jade sculptures, they're more Japanese, right? I don't know. That is not something I consider myself an expert in. Okay. Because they said this was carved in a Chinese province 30 years ago. Yeah. And I'm now just thinking, like, that doesn't uh, sound right. It might Jade. be. It might be. I could be wrong. They Continue might have, they, might have, they might have done that, basically. But, okay, so, I, you know, it makes, it makes sense to me that Batman would know this. Because Batman's the kind of guy who would be like, 
He's, Superman has shown up. I'm going to learn everything I possibly can about this guy. He, yeah, he, exactly. This is something he would know and have the resources to find out. But He's got it, files on everybody. The files just on everybody, case, including like himself. That's right. Um, That's right. We, but I guess we've had other episodes, though, where people seem to know what kryptonite is and what it can do. I was trying to think specifically. There was another one where people were aware of kryptonite. Uh, I don't know. I think we'll have to chalk this up to the same thing that happens in the Donner film, which is Lois Lane writes an article about Superman and includes in it. This is the one thing that can hurt him. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so they also, you know, but they also at that point, they don't know that it's around that it exists right in the yeah. Donner film. They don't know that there is any actually. Around. That's true. It takes, Although it's it probably yeah. Lex to go out to Addis Ababa. Right. Track that shit right. down. That's right. I love, God, I love those movies so much. I know. God, we got to go back and watch those. Got to get him to watch them at some point. What? What? <laughs> what? Were you Were you just texting? No, I was trying to find if Jade was more Chinese huh? or Japanese. Huh? Are you paying attention? I am paying attention. Are you fiddling with the soundproof material? Guys, I'm not going to come and be a permanent host if you guys keep fighting like this. Yeah, it's fine. That's all we know how to do. Um... What there was, what I didn't understand. Sorry to to just completely change topics. Yeah, we do it. Is why how Harley you, had sorry, all that? Uh, you, do, how, you guys do it. How Harley took a hat off, and all of a sudden she has makeup on, and all that stuff. Is that well, why you didn't understand, Cameron? Because I had some problems understanding that. <laughs> that was a little no, no, no I, I understand makeup masks. Um, <laughs> no, what I don't understand is why is Batman such a dick to Superman always? Oh, but always, well, he's well. No, he he yeah, totally. Their first interaction is. is he flips him onto a table. Oh yeah, which so, I also uh, yeah, because like I we, I understand that he's trying to get his attention, like he's trying to yeah. be as, as big and loud as possible to get Superman's attention. And I was expecting like Batman to be like, "All right, everyone, clear out. I got to talk to him." But no, he's like, "I know this is your city, but I'm gonna solve this because I'm Batman. You can't do anything about it." I I will I will say that it is generally. Do you bleed? <laughs> <laughs> I will say only when he cuts himself with a Gillette razor. Yeah. Um, I will say that it is generally uh, Batman's strategy to always make the first move, right? Mm-hmm. Because in doing so, he can learn something about his, what we'll call him opponent in this case. I don't know if he's necessarily that mindset, right? But if you think about it, like, so if he, he goes to make that move, one that tells him that he can throw Superman, something he may not even know whether he could do or not. Now, there's an argument made that maybe Superman didn't necessarily let him, but wasn't like holding his ground because he's like, who the fuck would ever actually throw me? Right. But, I think that's more what it was. But it yeah. also, it sets up, a, it sets up a, a psychological superiority right from the beginning, which is you are a walking god. I just threw you across the room like I don't give a shit because guess what? I don't. Mm-hmm. Fine. I get It's fine. I yeah. Understand. No, I agree with you. He is a total dick to Superman um, because I even, like all the way through, like he, so he wouldn't, I guess he wouldn't know who Clark is. So even like their first real introduction is as Bruce and Clark, and Bruce just ignores him in favor of chatting up Lois. Yeah, right. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he he knows who Clark is, but doesn't care. Is more like it, right? Uh, he wouldn't know then because that's whole point is he follows. Well, it's possible he knew ahead of time, but I think the idea is that he only learned who Clark was when he followed him with the tracker at the end of that first episode. Well, no, just like knows that he exists as like an entity, as like a writer, as like a writer. He might, yeah, he knows the yeah. he knows yeah. the person of the Clark. person of Clark Kent. Knows of him, I mean. He knows his mom's name. Yeah, he knows, sure. he knows they have, they share a, a mom name. Yeah, He's yeah, got some I, sympathy. Because I just I really like I, I think for me the first episode of this was the best one. Really? Did you guys have a, a similar feeling? Uh, no. I I like the ending the most. Okay, See, the, I, the like the kind of one-upmanship between the two of them, like him. The the you peaked comment I loved. Well, no, 
That's in that's that's part one. Part one, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I meant the, the first episode is my favorite of the the three. That's yes. what I was asking. Okay. Yes, I I'm trying to remember part two now. But part part two is um the the kryptonite. Okay, I yeah, I say part one is the best. Really? So okay, but Vasilius, you seem to have a, yeah, a differing no. opinion. So please, <laughs> we don't I'm allow so, that. Uh, on podcast. I'm sorry. I don't mean. Us. No, I don't mean to, to be like you guys are insane for thinking that. I did. Th- I think I just. I thought that uh, the episodes got better with each one, part one and part two and okay. part three. I thought the first one was actually clunky. There seemed to be wrong. There seemed to be almost like issues with the pacing and, and dialogue. Do you guys feel this? Like, it's almost like the dialogue wasn't crisp. Like, something about the way that it was, like, the lines were read or, or, or the ending was, it, it like, kind of killed the momentum of scenes. Did you guys oh, think that at all? <clears throat> that's interesting. You know, I felt the exact opposite. I was most engaged with the the pace and the dynamics in this one. I felt like this, really? I think because this had the most, the most it had to do. It had to set up a lot of stuff. Um, and so it never felt like it was dragging something out for me, which yeah. I thought the other ones did that. I thought the other ones had some very generic. This episode felt like a Batman episode. The latter mm-hmm. two felt like Superman episodes in the sense that they really? favored kind of generic action sequences with occasional moments of character um, more so than... Well, I think that, I mean, I think the episodes, the, all three of the episodes uh, as a whole generally favored, gave Batman much more interesting things to do in right. terms of the actual plot. I think the first one, I just, I don't know, I think the, di- I think the dialogue wasn't, wasn't terrific. I think some of the lines were pretty wooden. I think for some reason, w- Cameron, did you think that, because I thought like, I don't know, the animation, did it, did it look kind of clunky to you and then got better? Because I, I felt like, it did like almost the gestures didn't match at all what the characters were saying and there were um, there were two scenes that really stood out to me i think they were both in part one um that one didn't feel great and the other one felt really good and the first one is when joker and lex are in the limo together oh, i love that mr clean uh, yeah the mr clean joke joke yeah. uh which, no, which i enjoyed. when they first sit down together and joker puts his arm around lex I had a very like Roger Rabbity moment of like these guys are very clearly from two different cartoons because hmm, it was just for that one scene. I don't because I, I, I he's feel... very still and Joker's very like alive for well, like, not just that, just like how they're like the animation quality between oh, the two yeah, felt yeah, yeah. very different, hmm. and that's the only time I felt that was with those two characters. Like any other time with Batman, Superman was fine. With Harley and um, Mercy, it was fine. Oh, yeah, that was fine. Uh, with Bruce and, and Lois, it was fine. It was just that one scene where it took me out of it. And I'm like, this is very clearly, you're from Cartoon A, you're from Cartoon B. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't even clock that. I, it, I did clock, I thought initially that when I was watching this that maybe like my headphones were off or something like that because it felt like for the first few minutes the dialogue was a little bit off from right. the, uh, the mouths. I just found that distracting, and like, yeah, that, like they would say a line, and then their arm would go up, like to mm-hmm. gesture. Once the line was over, it was like, I mean, that's not like a you know a do or die thing for me, but I don't know something, and it, it could be more of a complaint about because I'm like catching up to all of your guys. Like I'm only talking about this here for the first time, but it's like kind of all built up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish Batman would have done some actual sleuthing, even in the kind of not amazing way that he did on does and. I guess did on his own show where it's actually like he gets a clue when he checks out the location and comes instead of, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the generic thing, he plugs something into the computer. It's this, this. And, uh, I, and I wish that I wish they did something to differentiate Clark Kent physically from Superman. 
because there's comics and there's and there's movies that do that very well. Mm-hmm. And I guess that I guess the show as a whole would 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 do more to differentiate on a physical level Clark Kent from Superman. I mean, I think that's a broader issue with the animated series right. than with this episode. Like we've talked about this before that Clark is really underwritten as a character. That pretty much every time we think we're going to get a a Clark doing something heroic scene, he just finds a way to get out of the room and change back into Superman. Right. Mm-hmm. I will say in this episode we did have two good moments between of that yeah uh, I, I have made the comment before that we do need more clark being a journalist yeah and we do we, he's talking to uh, b- b- bibbo bimbo bibbo nope. babowski sure i think um where he's like i'm looking for the joker here's money tell me if you see him what joker are you talking about we got plenty of jokers around here yeah uh there's that and then i love another comment that i've made before is they are so good at writing bruce uh to have like Bruce can figure things out using his Bruce identity. And it was a right. small moment, but it's just like when uh, Clark goes into Lois's uh, apartment, it's like, oh, I have news. And Bruce is already there. It's like, oh, please share. Like that. I feel like that was him being like using his Bruce personality to get right. more information. Yeah. Right. Like he knew Clark was going to come. So he was already stationed there. Right. Ready to get the information for himself. Well, cause, I mean, he even knows like Bruce even knows that going to Metropolis as Bruce affords him the opportunity to meet with people. Like it allows him to get in a room with Lex. Mm-hmm. Right. And to see what's going on Which there. Superman can't really do. Superman unless can't. It's a big no. press conference. And, and even then, like even Batman can, but not in such an easy, obvious way. Like the thing is, if you really want to get, an idea of what Lex is up to be his peer. Yeah. Right? Like, look how quickly he's like, oh, hey, we can, like, you know, make some profit on this. Yeah, we can make some pretty cool weapons with this. Right. Yeah. See, I think for me, what what made me love this one was that it it did, it felt like the first act of a film that it it set up very efficiently all the dynamics are going to go into play here. So, like, we we get an opening scene figuring out, like, the Joker's MO, how he and Harley go around and, like, go and rob crimes. That set them out perfectly. We get Batman doing his whole detective shtick. We get, um... Superman saving people, we get Lois kind of pining after him and not getting the response she wants. So then when Bruce shows up, we understand why she's like, oh, well, this guy shows up here. Right. Um, we get a... Just the way, though, the, the way that the Lois and... The way the Lois stuff was handled in this. I think the dialogue the that was working... But, yeah, and the, the, mu- dialogue, the music... The, and I, and look, are you the music, saying that they don't again, know how to write again, women? Again, nobody loves Dana Delaney more than me, as I have said the last time that I was on your podcast. And she does whatever she can with the dialogue that she gets, but it, it's, and I know, I know, all of these things are are uh, emblematic of a larger series issue. But for me, they kind of hit right now, so they might be more stark to yeah. me that I'm coming to it. But it's, I, I still did think that the first one was the weakest, and the plot, and and the characterization, and the action, uh, and how those all intertwined. Uh, got better with each episode. See, I, I guess maybe that's the case. For me, the character moments here were the strongest. Like, the interaction... Every time there was a good character scene, there was always conflict in the scene inherent to the characters, right? It's like... So, Lex and Joker have similar ends, but very different means, and they clearly don't like each other. Um, I love how that dynamic played out. Like, even... Even the, like the, the first encounter between Batman and Superman in that club, I really love that scene. Because, again, Batman asserts himself as an absolute dick right from the beginning... Superman peeks at him, and then I'm sorry, but that moment when Clark gets home and sees the signal, and Batman like silver rooftops away, just gives him that little wave, like, "Oh yeah, I got you." Like, that that's was good. I think why that why that works for me is because that's it shows how they're very very different. The Superman still approaches most problems with his strength and his powers, and Batman is always smart, right? You could even say that 
one of the things he did is by throwing Superman, that re- got another reaction out of him, and that allowed Batman to place the tracker onto him. Like, only could have happened if they were in close proximity. If they just had a conversation at distance, sure, it wouldn't work. And like that, their conflict there makes sense because of how they approach the problem. They recognize they're still kind of on the same side. There's none of this bullshit about like if you're even one percent of a problem, you're a hundred percent of a problem, that sort of thing. Like yeah. it, if there's even a one percent chance that he could be a problem, then he has to die. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like I I, I mean maybe just for me that, that final scene makes the whole thing great. But I, I really liked mm-hmm. it overall. And I felt like as we got into the latter episodes, when I said earlier that this felt like a Batman episode, what I meant by that was it felt like it was written for characters. A lot of the Superman episodes we've been finding are basically just written to have overly extended, very generic action sequences. For sure. And and, and I'm sure does that and does that hurt you guys? I mean, I I know you know deep down in my soul, every time it does. I, I mean, it hurts. It, it hurts me. It hurts me just hearing you guys talk about it, especially having exposure to uh, more complex, way more interesting interpretations uh, of the character by uh, by different writers. Um, and I do realize that like some of my favorite Superman comics were written after this time period, but there's still plenty of good stuff of Superman stuff before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like seeing. And because the the episodes were more character uh, driven, like you say, their interpretation of that character kind of saddens me and lets me down. I think okay, I can kind of see that. I think Superman gets. I don't think they really know how to in terms write, of like cl- yeah, in both terms of both Clark and Superman. I think they didn't really figure out how to write Superman until Justice League. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, and I think I mean you notice by the time we get to Justice League, they basically abandoned Clark as an identity. I mean, they did right. Bruce in a lot of ways. Too. Most right. of the their identities they abandon. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, we didn't even get confirmation of who the Flash was until the finale of Justice League, mind you. Is that when he does the, like... Clark Kent, Wally West, mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. yeah. It's a great fucking scene. It's such a good scene. God, see, he's always, he's always so goddamn cool. Who says it? Batman. Bru- Batman says that, because, oh, like, oh. they have to go incognito to hide from the Thanagarians, and he's like, we need to take off our costumes, and Wally's like, well, I don't know, we have all the secret identities, and he literally just points at Clark, <laughs> points at Superman, Clark Kent, points at him, Wally West, takes his own mask off, Bruce Wayne, and, uh, like, let's at, roll. He's all, well, like, Flash is the one who's <laughs> like, it. like, what? <laughs> Bruce Wayne, and everyone else is like, yeah, we, like, Wonder Woman yeah. already knew, I think, mm-hmm. most of the rest yeah. of them, you know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of I, I do want to say, this is just, like, a dumb Batman thing mm-hmm. that I'm sure everyone has argued about at some point or another. But he sees Clark already, and he sees Superman, world's greatest detective, can't fucking put that together without the tracker. Especially the way that Clark is in this. Yeah. yeah straight he's, up, he's, straight up back, big guy, handsome guy, literally all, all he has is the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could theorize that Lois maybe Lane, he, that's the stupid. He might have had like a, an he, he idea. May have, he may have already known and... Because even at the end, like, what that moment is, that's about showing Clark, I know who you are. You think you got the hand on me because you can look through my mask. I don't need powers mm-hmm. to get the same kind of information. So even if he already had it, that moment was about proving to Clark who he was. But I, I did think it was interesting because, like, the way that episodes ends, like, there's definitely tension between the two of them. Like, Clark, like, crushes the thing. He's like, he clearly does not like the guy. Sure. So I did find it weird that when they interact again for the first time in the beginning of the next episode at the Jelly Planet, knowing each other are, even when Lois steps away, they're weirdly chummy. Because Clark's like, oh, like, any sign of, like, the clown? And Bruce's like, oh, no, it's been three days, nothing. He's like, oh, that's, like, they felt weirdly, like, they had a good camaraderie, even though they hadn't quite earned it yet. Right. I don't know what you guys know about that. I don't know if it was camaraderie. I, I think I do agree with the point that, like, in, they seem to be kind of willing to work with each other. 
so early on, but yeah. there seemed still seemed to be tension. I think it's um, kind of going. I don't think I've brought this point up yet. Uh, I feel like Superman. Superman is more willing to work with Batman than Batman is with Superman because he's the one that yeah. initiates the conversation of like, where are you on this? Like he's already ready to have this team up. That's true. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I think it's good putting. It. I think Superman is willing to team up, and Batman's willing to use Superman. Yeah, because at every step you see Batman just wants to disassociate himself with that. Even yeah. when Superman thanks him for like helping save Lois, oh. he's like, "I couldn't have done this without you." He's like, "Yeah, no shit." He like, just flies away. Oh, I'm like, I know. And like grapples onto the Batwing and just swings off. And I'm like, "Man, you are Superman." So, just like you just are like so vision, fucking cool. Just heat vision <laughs> forward. <laughs> so, so you have to go and catch him. It's so cool. Okay, Cause, just cause keep even, doing that. Even the point when Joker comes and ruins the date. Yeah. And Batman just continues to fall. You expect Superman to come, and I feel like Bruce expected him to come. Yeah, I had a note there, like, where's Superman? Like, it seems weird that Superman can hear, you know, Lois He was was waiting at the very bottom. Antarctica, but yeah, he's not there to catch her. He's, like, standing up underneath, like... He's just enjoying the view. He's as Clark watching it. I had a big problem with that scene, too, because um, I like that the Joker just showed up there, and he went after Lois, so he, he still is following through on his plan. That makes sense. I thought it was really dumb that they just like were doing like the old like cowboy shoot at Bruce Wayne's feet sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah. and, and it's, oh, I, I got the idea that okay, maybe maybe they weren't trying to, maybe they were actively avoiding trying to kill him for whatever reason. But then he just falls over the edge. But and I don't then think once he falls over the edge, they still shoot at him anyways. So I'm but like, I don't well, think so because that's what I thought too. I'm like, all right, they can't be, they can't all be this terrible of shots. They must be missing on purpose. They might be doing that as like the Goodfellas thing, right? Where they're shooting yeah. at the guy's feet and like make him dance or whatever. And he actually does look like he's dancing. Looks very silly. But then the Joker says, make sure he's, Make sure you see pizza, pizza. Yeah, it's like, or whatever. Yeah, I, I was, yeah, same with you. So, I was trying to like maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. And that's clearly not the case. They're just all right. really terrible shots, I, and I, they, they all have machine guns. Yeah, it's I, not, <laughs> machine, machine guns. guns. Yeah, so I think that's. I think it's part of the reason why I like the first one so much is that I didn't feel like that there was any of those like glaring like this is a really like nothing. There's a lot of points in these latter episodes that feel like they're kind of contrived, like. I, I do have an idea playing devil's advocate, which I do so. How well. dare you? Um. I don't care. Joker knows Bruce. Bruce and him have had interactions before in the animated series. He's had him at gunpoint, I feel like, a few times at this point. I was trying to point. think of when that happened. Cause I, I, I agree with you. That seems to, to ring know some sort of bell. I know one episode they definitely did. You never remember when. I don't remember either, but I know there's one episode specifically. God, where... I really wish we had a Batman expert here who knew these sort of things. I know. Cause... Well, you're our guest, and you're really letting us down. Shit. Um, I feel like... Joker has some kind of, I don't want to say respect, but I can't think of another word, where, like, he doesn't want him to die an easy death. Like, getting shot is a boring death for a man as powerful, especially in Gotham, as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So if he's going to die, he's going to die the Gotham style, full of fear and by Joker's hand. Yeah, that's true. A gunshot doesn't do that Yeah, and and Joker is an opportunist, right? So even if he didn't intend to kill Bruce, the fact that Bruce goes to the edge, like, well, he's dead. Make sure he's dead at this point. He's not going to What a a waste. Because even when he gets on the ledge, Joker fires two or three shots, and he's like, eh. Yeah. I did my job. He's spooked. Yeah. I had my fun. Now I'm done with you. Now you're boring. He's just kind of mad about it. Yeah. Um, Oh, I saying, I, at that point, uh, I was curious what you guys thought about this. We he goes and retrieves the new iteration of the Batwing. What do you guys think of uh, new Batman Adventure Batwing? Is that the 
It's the same one as in Justice League. How is it right. different? Got it. How is okay. it different? The uh, the one from the animated series from Btas. Btas. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. It was more like an fist ang- bump. Yeah. It was more <laughs> audio. Like a- can we get the? There we go. Oh, there we go. We got <laughs> it. Hurt. Ow. Yeah. Cameron just hurt himself fist- fisting himself. Um. So in Btas, it was. It, it looked a little bit more like the uh, the '89 Batman Batwing in the sense that it had the very pronounced like mm. uh, ears in the front. Mm, and it was kind mm-hmm. of this way, but this was a more angular version of that. It's cool. I, I think simpler is usually better. Sleeker, simpler is usually yeah. better. It was fun. I really like I don't, Batwing. I don't have much of an opinion. I, I didn't. I didn't notice the new Batwing, but I did notice the new Bat Glider, which finally yeah. makes sense. Yeah, the old one never made any sense. As opposed to liter- just being a, a little glider. glider. Is, yeah, back is, okay, the back glider. Pack. The back glider. Okay, so Batman hates guns, but he is not opposed to rockets. Yeah. Launching Completely everywhere. This, yeah. yeah, this is an issue that happens in many iterations of Batman. I mean, it, right. but it happens here even. Like the Batwing is Did his parents get blown up it. by a rocket? <laughs> That's I don't true. think so, Vasilius. Yeah. <laughs> Or his parents <laughs> hit like the a face tank shows up in the alley. In the yeah. yeah. yeah what if like, they were hit with like a with like a boomerang or a batarang kind of thing? Uh-huh. <laughs> I think he would be totally open to guns. <laughs> just, and yeah, just have he a just big turns into just a like, big hatred towards Australia. That's yeah. called the punishment. The punisher. That's yeah. what is that's called. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the, the Batwing, yeah, a lot of his stuff. I I had to know about that too. I'm like, mm, Did you guys um the um, uh catch the I'll be seeing you reference? Remind us. Uh, I was hoping you guys remember the exact time, but somebody said one character says to another character, I'll be seeing you. Maybe it's Bruce to Superman. Batman does. Oh, I mean, is that a callback to Donner? No, it's a callback to a movie, because I'll be like, let me write that down, look it up later. And it's a 1944 movie about secret identities. Uh, There's a man who is a war vet, traumatized war vet, uh, and he is hiding that from the woman who is uh, just out of uh, – she's a convict just out of prison. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to keep each other from knowing that about each other. So it's about secret identities. So oh, it was okay. like – it was a homage, a reference oh, that's to cool. that. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. That's cool. It's nice to have you on the podcast, Basilius. I'm happy to be here. You looking, really bring up the intellectual level. Looking to a, forward a to a brand new point. Yeah. And many more, my friend. And many more meant to many more. So yes. uh keeping the conversation highbrow, what'd you guys think of the little cat fight between Harley and Mercy? Mm. I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean You know, I, I thought it was a fun dynamic between the two of them. I like that scene where Joker and Lex are like when Joker's trying to like dissuade Lex from killing him and sitting him down and be able to calm with him and then having in the background and foreground this like kinetic battle going on. That's a really fun way to do like an exposition scene like that. The I, the only issue I had with it was there was an actual literal cat fight sound. Yeah. At some point in there I'm like, okay now like yeah, this, I is, heard that this too. is a problem that we've talked about a lot on the series, what is that it's not always the best show in regards to women and they're often treated in a pretty stereotypical manner. And I felt like here you have Harley, who in a lot of ways has been given, like, she is, or at this point, she's a fully fleshed out character. She's had her own stories going against the Joker. One of the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even Mercy, we just had an episode all about her, where, like, you can see that she's in a similar position with Lex sometimes, that he's kind of abusive to her. And sure. she kind of keeps doing this for the wrong reasons. So you have two characters who have proven to be um, inherently associated with male characters, but also distinct in their own right, having an actual cat fight. And I was mm-hmm. like, don't I felt like it was very uncharacteristic of Mercy. Like, I understand that, like, Harley got under her skin, and yeah. now she's, like, 
same thing with like Clark kind of puffing himself up to like kind of outman Bruce. Yeah. Um. I th- yeah, I think I'm probably a better. There could have been a better stage for them to fight because they they do have similar roles yeah. and they have similar martial arts abilities. It'd be nice to maybe just like give them a scene to fight instead of having it be a backdrop. But I think I'll still take it because of the just yeah. entertainment value. What I would have wanted is a more just for like a brief moment, a more stoic mercy. mercy. Where like we get the, yeah. the, the the joke that every '90s cartoon does at some point, where they're all it's like Harley charging her, and she'll just like put her hand out and hold oh, her yeah, head hold her in place. while she's yeah. like flailing, and then Harley will, like turn around grab her hammer and then smash mercy okay. and then they get in the fight yeah but just a moment where we see that mercy is still kind of the stoic bodyguard type you know it's interesting because you know along those lines you're right we we get here um like three characters and their counterparts just around batman so lex soup and mercy against joker batman and harley and if you look at it uh, the latter three are all unhinged characters in a lot of ways and the former three all are very um, like straight, linear, logical characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe one of the things I found most fun about this was that I felt like the Joker was the most serious threat to Superman yet we've had in a Superman episode because he doesn't know how to deal with him. I, I wrote, yeah, I wrote that down in my notes um, that, yeah, Superman has never had a psychological villain. No. Outside of, like, Toy Masters, the closest he's got. Yeah, gotten. and he's been, we've talked about it, he's like our be- the best villain we've had yeah. so far. Yeah. So, like, the <clears> moment when he's, because, Batman's or consist- Lobo a little bit too. I wouldn't say Lobo is psychological. No, but he's just but, cra- yeah, but, yeah, he's but crazy. He's, yeah. he's a little unhinged, right? Mm-hmm. He, like he doesn't. He's unexpected. Yeah, exactly. But um, sorry, continue. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's the scene as Joker's getting away the first time. He throws down the marbles, and Superman's like, "Is this really what you're going to use to stop me?" Yeah. After Batman multiple times has been like, "Don't fucking underestimate him. Mm-hmm. He's fucking crazy." Mm-hmm. And then all they they turns into explosions. He's like. Oh, these are grenades in Batman. Like I, I just saw Batman's like face palm behind yeah, him. So really, like, it's like yeah, no <laughs> yes. shit. Yeah, let's leave. Even though yeah. Superman could probably just walk through them. But at the same time, did point. you guys have the split second of like maybe they are just marbles? I because yeah, he's the got the gun, yeah. that, the boom gun, you know, or the whatever it is, no, the like, bang, gun. the bang gun. But then also fires right after the that. flag and right, kills people. Kills people. Oh, yeah. So good because mm-hmm. you never know and like. Or like Joker with that episode, you know, way back where he like he wants he 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 needs that favor to be repaid from that guy that was that hit him in traffic or whatever. Joker's favor, and yeah. all he, <laughs> all he wants him to do is like open the door for him or something. Yeah, yeah. for them to come in later on. You yeah. never, yeah, you never know. Sometimes that, he's, that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah cause but, I, I, but it was good, and it's and it's too bad. It's it's too bad that uh, there's been kind of a lack of. Uh, uh, complexity both to Superman and his villains in this uh, in this incarnation, this series. Yeah, well, it's admittedly we talked about this before. He's a hard character to write for because he's so powerful. So it takes someone who really understands him to make it work. And I feel like occasionally they do. And I mean, uh, this I think the first episode was also written by Paul Dini, but he leads to the story on all of these. And you can you can see right. his influence because even he, being the great Batman writer that he is, still also knows how to write Superman because he's delivered most of the best Superman episodes mm-hmm. too. Right. Yeah, and also... In Dini I, we trust. I think... Uh, I, I'm with you. No, I'm with you on that. And I think... Um, uh, I think it also might be hard to write Superman stories for this age group yeah, as well. I think, you know, if it was maybe for like a little bit of an older crowd, you could uh, really focus in on the kinds of Superman stories that like compel that are mo- the most compelling like the internal struggle type stuff the 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 kid from uh Smallville versus like the savior the example yeah. the inspirational figure um Have and you read uh, um Superman for all seasons 
I have, and uh, I love it yeah, so it's, much. It's really good. We, uh, one of I our mean, listeners, he, he hosts a podcast about Batman and Superman. Of this course, is true. What, what, what a silly, this, what a silly question for me to ask. Uh, My three favorites are All Star. Superman for All Seasons and uh, uh, Red Sun. Are yeah, my th- those are absolutely. I've read that one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> did you re- Did you read that one? Did, did you read the one that gave you Red Sun? Because Chris gave it to you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, have, I, you, I have, have you done? Um, have you read All Star? No. Superman. It's Grant Morrison. All Star is the best. All Star is the best. I didn't love the movie adaptation really, but okay. I, I really like, I like the, the comic. Movie. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's about like the, you know the things that Superman really loves. You know, it's it's like it's about it's about that conflict, and he he would much rather devote himself to his mind pa or even lois or jimmy or even perry and instead he has to and you can see it a little bit in this episode he has to devote his time to being a savior because he feels that responsibility which ironically was kind of instilled in him by by his by his mom and dad as well well that's the interesting stuff i think the the challenge with him is if you're writing for Superman in a sort of a lazy fashion or an easy fashion if we're gonna be a little more kind with our words here like this kind of well, if you're being, if you're writing in an easy sort of way, your solution to Superman being powerful is to throw out a villain to him that's also powerful, right? It's all about matching power to power. Right. The most interesting Superman stories are one that are more grounded in psychological or in a moral sort of stance. And again, I think that's why this one is so interesting because he doesn't know how to deal with someone like the Joker. Like even when, so Superman, he's like, okay, I can outsmart him by just wearing my kryptonite suit. And the reason the Joker is, even if he wasn't expecting that, which he clearly wasn't, the Joker will just improvise. And even then, he probably figured out immediately, oh, I can just you know use my acid gun. But he plays it all up like, oh, my God, you beat me. Oh, wait, hang on. Squirt. Done. It burns through. You're fucked again. Right. Like, but then uh, again, it's like I feel like super, this, this show. Well, I do want to go off a point that you brought up, uh, Vasilius, about like Superman has to be the savior figure. He has one role to play. Uh, he feels and, he feels compelled to be, even though it's not probably his number one choice in life. Yeah, I feel like the that really resonates with the line that he says to Bruce of like uh when he's asking like have you done anything with with Joker yet he's like no it's been three weeks he's like yeah it must be hard and you're splitting your time between kind of being on the streets and then being with Lois and in the sheets yeah um where yeah. like you can yeah. feel the bitterness <laughs> I'm just gonna glaze over that joke uh where you can feel the bitterness of like he feels like Batman isn't trying hard enough because he is spending time with Lois and I feel right. like you can feel mm-hmm. that like yeah, I could be with Lois if I chose to not be Superman full right, time. Right, right, and there's that great scene in Superman for All Seasons that where it's <clears throat> he he just you can see it, like there's there's traumatic event in Smallville and Superman just like he goes quiet. Yeah, he just really re- retreats into himself, and then when he comes out, he's like, I have I have no choice but to do this. I literally have no choice. It's like the choice isn't even mine. I have to do this because I have these abilities. Uh, so it's almost yeah, it's almost like the choice is taken away from him, which continually adds conflict to every single day of his life, which I think is super interesting to mine, which is reflected a little bit in what you said. Yeah. In, 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 Where, in whereas this. yeah, I think here it it never seems like this is a burden for him, and, and maybe this teases the idea a little bit that you know in other circumstances maybe he and Lois could be together, but for reason they can't hear. And I'm curious what you guys thought about um, Lois being part of like the like a love triangle there i mean that's a very cliched way to put conflict between two characters mm-hmm. do you think it worked here or did it feel shoehorned in it uh i think it was fine i just want to know what the time frame was for all this because that she, is an issue i had as well yeah oh she yeah decides to just 
get up and drop go. the L bomb. Yeah, she drops the L bomb. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna move to Gotham for him. Right. Like at most, it's been two weeks. Maybe. Right. I don't know if it's even been that. I think it's been like a week. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Like, at, yeah most. at most. Yeah. Maybe if it's stretched out a little bit. Because uh, yeah. it was like three days between when they find find out identity. That's tough. Even uh, for and he said it's been three dates as well. Yeah. Well, Bruce even does for a, a kid's a day to day. I mean, he yeah. moves fast. He's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> even for a cartoon, even oh. for a kid's cartoon, it's a little it's a little unbelievable. That, yeah, mm-hmm. that that was one of my big issues. But I mean, I I thought for using what is a really a, a generally easy route to inspire confidence in your characters, I thought it did work here because you get a good sense of why Superman isn't with Lois, and you also get a good sense of how Bruce is maybe not necessarily doing this for the best of intentions. Maybe he's, right. it's, it's like one of those weird things like he can also have good intentions, but some part of him could be maybe doing this a little bit deliberately. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there is the point. He doesn't I think fight it, against those impulses as hard as he probably should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking advantage of people. Uh, there was, I think it's in part three. Uh, yeah. Because Lois finds out about his identity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the comment. Uh, and it's the, when they finally kind of like do their, like we're friends handshake kind of moment. Uh, where they're like, oh, it'd be great. Uh, like, she loves one part of both of us. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be great if we could just, like, combine those two somehow? Can't mix a match. Yeah. Too bad we can't mix a match. Yeah. I think that's kind of, like, a point where you do see that Bruce does kind of have feelings for Lois. Sure. Of like, I, I think he does genuinely care for her. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is, Chris, I think I don't have a problem with, with the love triangle at all. I think that's cool. I think it's. I think we keep hearing about Lois being this person that's worth all of this attention, but we never actually see it. If they actually wrote her in a way where she was, you know, she was like, and keep referencing other comic books, but you have like uh, Hercule, uh, not her, uh, uh, Atlas and Samson and everybody like in the, yeah, vying for her hand because she's this un- and Superman, of course, because she's this unbelievable character. She is she's she's smart. She's dynamic. She's powerful, and we don't see any of that as nearly as much as we should. Should so if she was a compelling character, then I would buy it. Yeah, no, I'd agree what? with that. She's just what what TV what medium did Alice and Samson appear? Because I know I've seen them before. Um, I wanted, was it All Star Superman? I just saw. It. I was talking about the comic All Star Superman. Okay, I think they also make a brief appearance in the movie. I'm okay. sure they do I mean, because it's, I, it's I, a, I I remember it's seeing them. It's one of the labors of Superman. One of the twelve labors of Superman. Okay. He has to deal with them. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah, because I keep remembering their animation style, and I I keep thinking it's from a Justice League episode, but I think mm. I brought that up, and he said it wasn't. It's just so such I, a bummer. It must be from All Star. Yeah, I think it's probably from All Star Superman. It's such a bummer. But referencing that uh, that moment that you talked about. Um, I was kind of thinking about that. It seems that Lois actually, and this might be part of her, like her her tragedy is that she's into the alter egos. She's because because Batman That's is really point. Batman is really mm, Batman, yeah. and Superman is really Clark. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's into Superman and Bruce. Bruce, yeah, mm. which the, is uh, interesting. Which is which is she likes the fantasy man. Yeah, mm, yeah, tell me all. Yeah, yeah, that Legolas. That nice fantasy man. <laughs> if you guys didn't know, I, I host a podcast called uh, Tolkien Takeaway. Yeah, it's good. Just don't watch it. It's my favorite podcast. Yeah. After this podcast. <laughs> this might be true. <clears throat> um, yeah. How did you guys feel about um, one, Lois finding out uh, who Batman is, how it happened, and also what her reaction was afterwards? Was- that really took me by surprise. 
that she found what element of the S three questions, but part of it. <laughs> I thought that scene was awesome. Mm-hmm. I the, thought that scene was probably the best action scene, wouldn't you say? The the fight the fight scene in the daily at the in the daily planet. I hate framework? those fucking robots. They're so. It was stupid. interesting that it's that's the an same homage robot too, though. From to Flesher, to Fleischer, Fleischer. Is it Fleischer? It's Fleischer. It's Fleischer yeah. Yeah. Oh, Fleischer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if it, his name had been Fleischer, we would have had far more crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot where I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the lowest hanging fruit of I, comedy. Yeah. I d- um, yeah uh, uh, Dark Wally, as I like to call them. Like when they, when they, when, when the one of them like escapes to the highway and. Oh, yeah. I really, I really. No, I like them. They're so. It's, that's, well, they're, they're the same they're, robots they're, from. The Lex kidnapping, the Lex Brainiac episode. Yeah, very similar. They're very similar. I mean, that's the thing is, is that the vast majority of Superman episodes has some sort of stupid ass robot like that that's there just because they need a plot device to make things a little bit more challenging. But I think, I think this one, in in this example, it actually did a good job of like of kind of doing that thing where we're in a Superman. We're in a Superman world. We know there's going to be a big robot at some point. Let's let's make it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it felt a little bit lazy. It felt like they were adding that in there to fill in conflict and to fill in forms of antagonism. I think the only thing I liked that it did was when they uh, taped Mercy to the side of it. Spun around. So that he couldn't hit the robot, which I'm also like, well, Superman can move faster than that. So that was it. Yeah, that was interesting. Oh, that's an the big slow wind up to that punch, yeah. Yeah. Clever idea, not necessarily. Clever idea. Best no, also, I, I I will say I did like when um, Batman leaves or Superman's like, no, you go ahead and go after the plane. I'll take care of this because the thing is, Batman's not going to be the guy who's like, no, no, let me stay and help. He's like, fine, I'm going. Mm-hmm. And that uh, I, I already made that decision on my own. Yeah, I'm I was not ar- doing this because of you. Oh, sorry, I was already at the door. Uh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. Bye. This was my decision. I'm I, Batman. I did like that. <laughs> I put um, this idea in your head. I'm <laughs> Batman. <laughs> I batceptioned it. Um, I liked that there was a kryptonite and then Superman's solution, which was like, I thought that was a clever use of like, oh, right, it's a Lex building. He has all these lead line walls and it works in his favor. He gets trapped underneath it. That's how he can like actually destroy the, the kryptonite. I thought that was actually yeah. pretty. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. That was clever. But so. again, I, again, I wish I would he would have come up with some sort of, because it seemed like he didn't, you know, come up with that idea. It seemed like there was a big, there was a, like a big segment of the wall in his hands and he's like whoa yeah. instead yeah. of just be like wait a minute you know you actually see him processing wait the walls have lead if I use the lead I can grab this thing and I can use this to push it back and that kind of thing like you know what I want do you remember Jimmy Neutron uh, no I didn't really watch him okay he, he does it yeah. he has a, a brain blast Oh actually, yeah! The camera goes. Brain blast. The camera goes into his ear, and you see his brain putting all the pieces <laughs> together. And then it zooms out, and he goes, yeah. "Brain blast!" Yeah, I would love for that to happen with Superman. Right, but the equivalent of that for this cartoon, no, 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 is no. Just that like, exact oh, thing. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> goes inside Superman's okay. ear. You see all the pieces: kryptonite, lead, Lex, yeah. it, wall in hand. The, the neutral space is all cornfields. Yeah. <laughs> Superman is the son of a scientist. He's a naturally curious guy. He can do this kind of stuff. He has the intellect. Why doesn't he use the intellect? Why does he just pound stuff into pulps? That's what, I, that's I, what I'm saying. Uh, playing devil's advocate one more time. Uh, you don't get one more time. I get three. That was You used three. I used one. No, he's used one already. To yeah. play devil's advocate here, he's only, <laughs> he's only used to one To play so dev- devil's advocate here, you can't actually comment on... On how many times he's actually used that. Oh, yeah. this episode. Um, this is number two. 
Yeah. Since, since it is a kid's show. I'll give you a fourth. I'm trying to think of a an, uh, an audible way they could have, besides him just being like, oh, lead. Because uh, it is hard Internal to tell. Internal monologue. Aside, yeah. aside to the audience. Yeah. It is kind of hard to tell, especially in this era of television, like... <laughs> You can't really tell the difference between like a steel beam and a lead beam. Yes, well, but, them but he mentioned the lead pinch here. How are they going to get out of it now? <laughs> How are they going to get out of it this time? Fall out next week. Well, no, yeah. I mean, you could have like a piece of the lead wall like sticking out, right? And you could see like the inside of it is a different gray. I'm not an artist. Oh, different God, gray no. from the outside no. of it. And he, he's no. like, no. he's like pinned down and he looks and he just, you just have him like he's being crushed by something. He looks. He gets out of that. He goes and grabs it, and is like, "Boom!" And thanks, thanks, uh, Luthor for lead. Here, here's here's my other lead Luthor. Lead Luthor, nice, love it. <laughs> that was horrible. It's fine. Um, the building falls. It like lands on the robot that still has Mercy attached to it. He has to use his X-ray vision because that's the only time you really tell if it's lead. He has to yeah. use the X-ray vision to see if she's still okay. Yeah. And that's when he realizes that it's a lead building, and then they can go along with yeah. that Yeah, I process. think it worked. I'm not the idea guy. I'm the criticism guy. You yeah. can be the idea guy. I'll be the idea guy. It's the nickname. Cameron, yep. idea guy. Dexter. Idea man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Chris will just make the dick jokes. What? <laughs> Penis. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean the wing. No, it didn't work. Then no, there's nothing phallic about the nope. the the wing they fly off in. Um, so I, I think for me, we, we now get to like this this big kind of bombastic finale, and it, this also started to feel like a little bit generic too. I mean, I like that the the character moments still great in there. Like he's taped Lex the inside of the 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 wing. He's... Batman stuff is Batman stuff is cool. The ba- stuff that Batman has to do is cool. Well, right, but I meant like the fact that we're now inside this like massive wing and it's just launching missiles at Metropolis. Right. This, this started to get into a little bit in the generic territory for me. I get that you have to up the yeah, stakes a yeah, little yeah. bit. Um, it was a little meh for me at that point. I, I did love when uh, the Batwing gets hit and Batman bails out and he has like the, the, the claws. The claws. The, the Black Panther. Yeah, he's got the claws and he's like, crawling his way along like sets the timer like the charge and blows the door off and it goes down inside I'm like man you are so fucking cool he's so cool oh my god and it's superman just... is punching some robots somewhere punching some robots um how how do you guys feel about the fact that uh batman once again just leaves the joker to be not killed in an explosion like in Phantasm? Yeah. Like, like the last if, time if, I if was we, here? We, exactly, yeah. If, we, if we've established one thing about the Joker is that he will always survive an explosion. He is indestructible. Yeah. Because it, it's a weird, interesting moment, too. Cause, He's the real Because uh, Batman's yeah. even like, hey, Superman, you get Lex, I'll get Harley, and like we're just not going to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. I know. I was like. Did Superman just expect that he's like. Oh yeah, he'll he'll definitely get Joker. Yeah, right. The, the right, he'll the, definitely get him. The crazy guy but, with the death wish. He'll work his way out of the plane. Crashing. I was wondering about that. What what is the um, what is the line where he's like where Joker gets mad or he's so there's there's a line that Joker has somewhere where you can see that he really respects Batman. Oh, it's uh when he. Goes to Lex and he's like, "Okay, if I take out two capes, you're gonna pay me double." He's like, "If you can't take out a, a 
like a, a well, not a clown, whatever, like a in guy a in Halloween costume. I'm not paying you anything, and he's like, "You don't understand, right? Mm-hmm. Right, you, right." And what I love is that uh, Lex doesn't consider Batman a serious threat until right. Batman busts into his fucking house, and I think that's the only moment we've ever seen Lex like shaken, actually visibly scared about something. Yeah, like, we've seen him distraught before. We've seen him angry. We've seen a lot of things. But that's the first time he's ever felt like he could tell he was not in the position of power in this circumstance. Mm-hmm. That he was. Like succumbing to someone else's will in that moment. Yeah, he did not like it, um, and I loved two that comments. Scene. Two comments on that scene. Yes, it was amazing to see Batman hold power over Lex. Because yeah. not many people can do that. Yeah. Uh, the the thing for me is, does Mercy watch him sleep? Yeah. Because she <laughs> she was there before the front line. Like his bodyguards were still on the other side of the locked door. But when Batman comes in, and she like is already there with the gun at his back. Where does she sleep? She know. does it. Does she, does she sleep in the in the in the uniform? Obviously, with the gun. Yeah, yeah. She's, At like, the foot of I, the she's bed? like James Bond. Is she under the bed? No, no, because she was on the side. I think oh. it's like a, it's like a, like she might be a vampire, maybe a coffin situation. It's like upright and door opens and she just comes out with the machine gun ready to defend her master. Yeah, she, she sleeps mm-hmm. cross-armed with like the, like two guns. <laughs> two yeah, du- yeah, dual guns crossed This is very underworld. Very, yeah, underworld. very, very underworld. And then she's, she's like, she's not sleeping straight. She's like, I imagine like a, like a 45 degree angle. I, I, gotcha. Then she hears the yeah. doors open and like, she just kind of like stips, like the, the, stands up. The yeah. slightest perturbance, just like, She's yeah. up. She's trained. Full alert. She's mm-hmm. looking around. She's like, what's happening here? And then it takes one punch. I appreciated that it was like okay. Batman was not phased in the slightest bit. Like, I, he I, was it, fully holding that It power. made me uncomfortable to uh, like <laughs> seeing a woman get hit. And get a black eye. Did yeah. you notice the black eye? I did notice the black eye, yeah. It didn't come back. She had a lot of good makeup. Yeah. Well, there is... Uh, there's we've <laughs> talked about... On this, these episodes. We've talked about this with Mercy before. I don't think we ever dive into it in... I don't think they ever dive into it in the DCAU, but there are some iterations of her that she's an Amazon. Oh, right. Mm. You did bring that up. Yeah. Because I, I thought she was a robot. Uh, she is in Young Justice. Yeah. We've definitely had this conversation a few times before. Because mm-hmm. that was my first time meeting Mercy. Yeah. We've definitely had conversations, uh, clearly off air, because this is not a podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, well, we're happy to have you, Chris. I, I'm happy to be here. Oh, Vasilius is happier here. Ish. I'm like happy-ish to be here. I'm happy to see you, Vasilius. You, Cameron, you can. Thanks, but it's been a while. Okay, right. It's been a while. But I, I don't know if she is in this. I don't, I don't recall if we ever get any more on her enough to say that definitively, mm-hmm. but she's certainly tough. Yes. But Batman is tougher. Is Batman. No matter Batman what. is Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys think of the uh, really dumb joke Batman makes about Puddin? That's, I think that was going to be part of my comment, is like, you know that he, res- he, he, he hates, but he also respects the Joker. So I don't think he would, like, the moment of Joker's death would actually be kind of a somber thing for him. That's why I don't think it would, there would be a joke there. Mm-hmm. It's also a really dumb joke. It's a really is. dumb joke, but yeah. Uh, sorry to, to backtrack to the, the point that I don't remember one of you made about uh. Um, uh, Joker respecting Batman. I think it definitely goes the other way when you see Batman consistently reminding Superman, like, do not underestimate right, this guy. Right, right. This guy is very he plays dumb, but he is very smart. Right. So you definitely see that equal respect on both sides. Right. At this moment, he probably is. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of a, a bit of a stretch. Like, oh, yeah. put in. Well, he probably is at this point. Probably like, oh, is. Come at this on. Point. Really, your number one arch nemesis that you've been doing yeah. battle with for years, and you are like locked in a never-ending conflict with until the until Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're gonna make that joke. 
I, I did like it how it all kind of like wrapped up, though. I felt like they did earn respect for each other over the course of the episodes. Like, the, who? Batman, Batman, and Superman. Superman. Okay. Yeah, Batman, the Joker. They, uh, they finally <laughs> earned respect for each other over the course of these three episodes. Yes. Negating the seventy some odd that preceded it. Right. Um, no, but like you know, again, I think there was a, a bit of a leap between uh, the first episode, and the second episode, in terms of their antagonism. But I felt like over the course of it, they did have a bit of a back and forth of like you know, Superman or Batman saves Superman, Superman saves Batman. Batman actually does acknowledge like he's out of the costume, which I think kind of helps. He's like you know, thank you. And you know, we're talking about like whether he actually feels for Lois. You do kind of get the sense that he does feel bad that he has to go immediately back into the fight. Like mm-hmm. he know he will always choose that first, no matter what. But you can see he does feel kind of bad about doing that to Lois. Yeah, and I liked her reaction finding out that he was Batman. That they're back at the house and she's pissed, and you know she's like yeah, torturing yeah, yeah. him with the like, antiseptic. But she's also like, also I'm a reporter. This is the story, right? And I can't do anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, that felt very true to her character. Sure. There's also the line as he's like getting up to go, she's like. I can't say anything to keep you here, can I? Yeah. Um, and I think that does go with the, like, yeah, she does want the the fantasy guy. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, that's all I have to say. Although the dialogue at the end, I mean, you guys are good with it? You guys are good with the dialogue? I, you know, to be honest, at that point, I for me, it had been a pretty consistent downward slope for the first episode, <laughs> so I wasn't really paying as close it, attention to the yeah, dialogue. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, it was just like, don't, don't forget, I know. Take You better take care of her or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, I don't I remember. Where I don't know where you live. live. You better take care of her. It's like when he says to Superman about the woman that Superman loves in his own city is is always kind of... It's like, it's like when somebody... It's like when a friend of my girlfriend's... We've already been dating for months and months and months, over a year. Like a friend of my girlfriend's would will say, you better take care of her. And it's like... What do you think I've been doing for this past? I've just like abusing her we're, in the shadows. We're here. Yeah. We're here together. Uh, I'm holding her here against her will. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, he, it's he, that kind of have What I would have wanted, because when he said that line, my brain didn't go to Metropolis. My brain went to the Fortress of Solitude. And he would have like, like flinged, uh, like, like he would have had like a drink in his hand and says that and like flinged an ice cube at him. It's like, I know where you live. Yes. Like, that would have been kind of interesting. It wouldn't have fit the, the tone at all because, like, I don't I know where you go to jerk off in the cold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know about your pet polar bear. Yeah. <laughs> Found a dick joke. Found a way to get it in there. Thank you. I didn't Thank do you. it. We, we needed it. Yeah. Sorry, we brought you on as a guest. Yeah. That's all I'm here for. It's Batman expertise and shitty dick jokes. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of any other major things we're talking about. There was a there was a point that just like really there were two points that really blew me away with animation in these episodes. And I think they were both in part two. Okay. Uh, the first one is when Batman is coming in to save Lois and Superman from the warehouse. He's coming down the stairs and there's there's a goon. It's a very brief like three second. Oh, fight. he's like firing. He's like dodging back and forth. Well, there, it's the scene directly after that where you see uh, just like kind of they're small animated, mm. but you see mm-hmm. the, like him punch and kick uh, the goon. But then there's the giant shadow silhouette. Oh doing that. yeah, it's and I good. loved that moment. Pretty solid. Then the second moment is is with both. They did it reflecting on both Joker and Lex as he's uh, after he got away from the first explosion. They're in the hideout, and Joker is yelling at at Harley. She says some dumb, oh, like, "Oh, you should get something to eat." And he's like, "I lose my appetite after losing a million dollar or a billion dollar oh, yeah. deal." 
they put so much extra detail in his face as he's yelling at her. And it it was like usually with these with this style, because it's such a minimalistic style, like yeah. that it would feel like odd. But the way they did it and the way they animated it so smoothly, it was really nice to see like you really see that expression. Mm. And that was perfectly reflected when Lex was yelling at Joker. Joker was now with the, a more minimal style, and you see all that expression back in Lex's face. Mm. And like that just really, like, I really appreciated that extra mm. little moment. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. No. I mean, it, I, Thanks I, for listening to the podcast. Yeah, right. I still think this is one of the best um, interplays between Batman and Superman out there. And I, I'm going to include the comics, too, and obviously there's a lot of stuff that I haven't read, but, like, it, in my mind, the stuff that I have that I think is great is it's this... It's uh, Public Enemies, which I think I mentioned to you recently. Have you ever read Public no. Enemies? So there was a run in the early 2000s, I want to say, of like, um, like mid 2000s, like, uh, like Batman Superman comics. And so the first uh, collective volume was called Public Enemies. And it was adapted into, um, I think also called Public Enemies. The it was animated. a half movie. No, it was a full movie. It was a full movie. I thought it was a two part movie. No, it's a full one. Okay. Um, it's so in it, uh, Lex is president, and it's discovered that a massive kryptonite meteorite is heading towards Earth. Mm. And he basically has been going mad for years because he's been carrying kryptonite around with him, and that's like started to fuck with his brain mm. chemistry. Mm-hmm. So he it's a little forced, but basically, he issues an arrest warrant for Superman because he's wanted for questioning as to why there's a giant piece of krypton heading towards Earth to kill people. Um, and of course, Batman steps and helped him, and also becomes like a wanted fugitive. But what ends up happening is that a whole bunch of heroes who, for various reasons, have associations with the U.S. government, like Suicide Squad, that sort of thing, are basically tasked with bringing the two of them in. Mm. And so it's Batman and Superman on the run from their own allies, uh, trying to take down the president, who's Lex, nice. and he ends up putting on the full like armor suit and getting to a big battle. And there's a lot of really great interplay between the two of them mm. uh, there. Um, you've, you've read Hush? Yeah. You've read I've, Hush? I've read, I've read Hush Returns. We've, we've had this talk multiple times. I'm just going to keep leaning back in my seat while you so guys I'm, talk. I'm just, just going to not bother talking anymore. So, Vesely, you've read Hush. I love Hush. That Everybody is a great read. fight between Batman and Superman. Yeah. And I think because it, it actually gives a good justification for it because... Superman is uh, being controlled by Poison Ivy. By Poison Ivy, which yeah. Which I forgot this, but when I was, when I was doing uh, a little bit of research on this, I, I'd forgotten, but apparently in The Batman, the same thing happens. In the Batman animated TV show? The, the animated TV show called The Batman, yes, mm-hmm, when they mm-hmm. meet together. Um, I think actually Tim Daly came back again to do the voice on that. And of course, uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Right. Also, another, like, we, it, when... I've seen and read that <laughs> one. <laughs> All right. You may continue. To I stay. read that one. <laughs> okay, thank God. I was, yeah. I, I, I was right if you're like, I've read The Dark Knight Strikes Again. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Lord. Uh, no, I've seen that. I saw the I saw the two movies. I never saw the movie. They're, they're actually pretty good. Worth I, I like them. Yeah, I think they're yeah. worth watching. It was, I, it's one of the cool. best adaptations, I would say. It was right yeah. when they switched voice actors. Because I guess War was the first, was the first time... Um, Oh, they brought in the um, new guy. Jason O'Mara. Yes. Yeah. Well, in uh, the Dark Knight Returns, is Peter Weller. Okay. Then I. AKA. Batman. Robocop. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. The original Robocop. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. So I did have an interaction with him at New York Comic Con. Uh, sorry, at, at what? New York Comic Con. You had a weird pronunciation of that. It, it, was, it was like, you know how people say Neoki? Like, that's how you said New York. You're like, New York. New York. It's New York. one word. Yeah. Us locals yeah. use this <laughs> one word. That's <laughs> New York locals called New York. New York. New York. New York. Um, like, New York, New York. <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm not going to read this Never mind. No, no, please, go ahead. No, no, it, uh, you no, saw Peter I, Weller. I, uh, Give us more reason to berate you. Yeah, it, uh, New York Comic Con, it was... Uh, stop giving me that look. Uh, you could go up and ask questions to the, to the, to the voice cast. And I remember in there, like, you can get prizes if you ask a good question. Yeah. So I just go up and ask the generic, like, oh, what, like, series or movie or comic did you use to really inspire you to kind of take over this as the voice role, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and he gave, like, kind of a very pretentious answer of, like, oh, well, I don't want to copy anyone else, so I don't read any of the comics, or I didn't watch any of the stuff. This was all me. Was that Peter Weller or Jason O'Mara? I think it was O'Mara. Okay, yeah, because Peter Weller is a crappy old guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely Omar. Yeah, sorry, it was War then. Was when I was I had because it was two thousand. That's a way to get the fans on your side. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah I know, right? For sure. That's what I felt. That's how I felt about that. I'm like, you're you're here to talk about the movie, and all the fans here here to listen to you. The talk fans about the will movie. forgive you not knowing anything about the character going in. Yeah, but they will not forgive you for not for like trying to mesh yourself. Yeah, yeah, into the culture. Yeah. So everybody likes Mark Ham- loves Mark Hamill so much because he was a huge sci-fi nerd that got the cast as the also, yeah. He's also just the best. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, but I know. I think um, yeah, I think Hush is one of my favorite. There, I mean, there's a. It's weird that I've said this before. Like, have you read any of Injustice? So the Injustice is the video game, but there's actually no. I've just seen some of the cutscenes. Okay. Yeah, I've never played any the game, but the the comic I've talked about it a lot. The comic is surprisingly. I just saw it in excellent. Meltdown as I was walking yeah. down in like, here. Considering that it's based off of a Mortal Kombat ripoff video game starring the Justice <laughs> right, characters, right. which actually apparently the game in itself is a really good story, but the comic it is, right. it's a great game. Yeah, the comic is like one of the best versions really? of like the Batman Superman dynamic. Yeah, because in that uh, Superman. Basically, the Joker basically causes Superman to accidentally kill Lois Lane and also everyone in Metropolis is murdered in a nuclear blast. Jeez. And he snaps and kills the Joker. And then he decides he's going to rule the world, basically, to make it a safer place. And Batman's like, nah, brah. Mm. Just like that. Just like that. There's that nice and, Gotham and, and, accent. In, in the classic Batman fashion. Nah, brah. Nah, nah brah. brah. I'm Batman. That would, that's what me, Batman the Millennial series is going to be. Exactly. So excited for that. <laughs> It's when Jake Gyllenhaal, the ne- the guy after, the one after Jake Gyllenhaal, when um, yeah, 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 when well, there was Michael Cera, Michael one Direction Cera. is playing Batman. <laughs> was it uh, was it a Pete Holmes sketch where he's like Probably. the next Batman? I, I don't, I don't think. I think it was just another generic YouTuber, really, uh, that did like other actors. This was back in the Dark Knight era. Other actors being the Dark Knight, uh, and I just remember like one of them. They had Mark Wahlberg. As Batman, he's like, yeah, man, I'm just going to come and beat you up. I'm just going to yeah. beat you up. What are you going to do about it? I'm just going to yeah. beat you up. Yeah. Uh, and he had, like, Owen Wilson, yeah. like, sitting in, like sitting in the Batmobile with Alfred. He's like, I just don't know what to do, man. I just, <laughs> do I do this or do I do that? I just don't know. I just don't know. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. Uh, it was yeah. amazing. I should write that down. I should put that in the bat plugs. I have mm. other bat plugs. I have better bat plugs. Well, I'll put that in anyways. Well, I... Like Justice League. I feel like our listeners, sorry, your listeners. Yes. Keeping this going here would really love to watch that random video. I need to go track down early mm-hmm. tomorrow morning when we release this. When you yeah. release this, when I release, when this. I do all the work for your guys' podcast, we that really I'm not appreciate a part it. of. 
Thanks for interning for yeah, us. Yeah, you're a great intern. Thank you. Oh, God. Us about all, all I ever do is intern. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do we have any final points? Uh, I wish I wish there was more conflict between the two. There was conflict between the two, but I wish there was... I think the conflict about Lois worked to some extent, but I think I, I would have liked to have some more... And I think this was this would be palatable for a younger audience, like actually about what being a superhero means to both of them. Because yeah. for Batman, it's very much, for lack of a better term, a kind of therapy for him. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's egocentric. And for Superman, it's very much not about him at all. It's at the expense of him. Yeah. And I would have loved just some sort of incarnation, even if it's for a younger audience, some sort of incarnation of that. Yeah, just like a one-off line of like you choose, like Superman going to bat, like you right. choose to do this. I have to. Right, and yeah, and then and then co- and them coming to a point where they understand that you understand each other's platforms a little bit better, so that they're cool by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was solid. I did. I did bring up a lot of criticisms, but I I did think it was pretty solid. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, for, Yourself, you for either of you? Is there a? Um, You're asking a lot of questions for being a guest on this podcast. We really well, someone has for to keep the conversation rolling. Jesus Christ! How do you guys are shambolic at best? I've only been doing this for sixty-two episodes. For <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you, is there a um, like a, a a Batman Superman story out there? Comics, other shows, movies, something like that that you think is do you prefer to this that you do you like better? Uh, I mean, Dark Knight Returns, I think, will be my favorite Batman-Superman story for Also, a while. like, the only one you've read, so that's understandable. So yep. why, why you picked that, yeah. But also, I mean, to your credit, actually, it, it really is. Because, mm-hmm. again, it, it fundamentally understands who they are as characters and pits them against each other in a way that is actually justified. Yeah. Um, unlike in other iterations. Well, I, uh, going over to the other comic that I've read, in Red Sun, I do kind of ah, appreciate there we go. Uh, how Superman, like, sees himself. Because I think this is a more accurate representation is he sees himself as so far above Batman, he doesn't even deal with it. Yeah. He's like, you guys go deal with this anarchist. I have much bigger things to deal with right now. Yeah. And I feel like that's a more accurate, at, at least at that point in their careers, that's a more accurate way of how they would, how he would look at Batman. Like, Batman would, would prove him wrong. Yeah. But he's like, this is a mortal who's just doing stupid stuff to get attention. He's not worth my time. Yeah. I think that's an interesting dynamic of them as well. No, it is. I forgot to mention Red Side, actually. But yeah, I think that does have a great Batman-Superman face-off in there. So mm-hmm. Injustice probably takes takes some, like, at least thematically from Red Sun, wouldn't you say? Would you say? It, yeah, it definitely borrows from those ideas. Yeah, um, because, it, yeah, I mean, I, I love, I, I, that's, that's a hard thing to pull off, to have Superman basically be king of the world, pretty much, and have yeah. him still be a sympathetic character. That takes and, some... And he is, and, and the weird thing is, even though these, these two guys are, like, at war with each other for five years, and there's some really significant casualties on either side, the rare times they actually do kind of end up face-to-face, you still get the sense that they have a weird, like, appreciation, respect thing for each other. Right, right. Yeah. As they should. And I, I don't know. I think for me, um, the squaring off of two, of Batman Superman when they've known each other for a long time is way more interesting than when they're meeting for the first time. Right. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's like, I think that's one of the inherent challenges of having um, their meeting be a big thing, be a movie, even be a three-part episode like this is like, it's, they're interesting when they do have a relationship already. Right. When they're just squaring off. Yeah, history, yeah. And history and how that bears on, like, their meetings. Because they did it with the Flash. Superman already knew the Flash. 
So I feel like it is kind of odd that he doesn't know Batman yet. Well, because I think like, he knows of Batman. Yeah, I, I mean, I think like they wanted to set like they if they're going to introduce these two characters, they want to like show the moment they meet. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I don't think that's necessarily always the most interesting point. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Facilius? What are your your other loved, beloved? Batman, well, I think we've mentioned him. I'm probably yeah. It probably it's probably Dark Knight Returns too. I was like trying to think of other ones as well. Yeah, it's probably Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, you? Um, I, I really love Hush. I really love how Same. they interact. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Oh man, how how much how many more years you guys got together? <laughs> Two. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. No. Really. Actually. Oh, yeah. okay. Two okay. years. Yeah. I mean, at a minimum, it'll take us probably a little more than that. And then. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, now that I've invited myself to stay on this podcast, it's not mine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We talked. They're talking about maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there was a cut other, in there that I don't think the audience got through my great editing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah the, great, <laughs> the great editing that Cameron does every week. Well, we, we, we really love the conversations going on this week, so we're going to actually invite Chris to be a, a permanent host on the show. Oh, my God. That's so it's so generous of you, but there's not room and for... And to be honest with you, this studio is kind of hot, so I don't I don't know if I want to... Are, you, are you leaving me, Vasilius? That's probably for the best, because there's really not room for three hosts on I, this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just something about this place. I think it's the temperature. Yeah. Or yeah. we're in a concrete shoebox. Right, mm-hmm. that might be part of it. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I might be done after this. Well, I, but still, we've been through this for over a year together. Yeah, I know, but all good things must come to an end, and and you know, just like Gandalf had to leave the Fellowship for a while for Aragorn and Frodo to blossom into the characters that they turned into, and Bilbo in the Hobbit, you kind of have to the you're, the wise old man, the sage character, is going to have to go. It. I mean, it sounds like the your 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 heart's kind of with Tolkien. I. I mentioned this before, I do have this podcast called Token Takeaway Oh, that I, I haven't really been able to focus on because I've been putting so much work into this. Well, wait, why don't we... Do you, just do you want to take that one over for me so I can really concentrate on this? Because I have to pull a lot more weight now that I'm partnering up with this guy. Hello! I feel like... <laughs> I feel like that's a great idea. I feel okay, like that's yeah. a great... I feel like that could really work. Awesome. I appreciate that. Idea, yeah. man. Again. That's what I'm here for. You're, it's, you're like the wheels man, but it, instead of wheels, it's ideas. Yeah. Wait, so, but now if you're leaving this podcast, who's going to do the planning, editing, posting, marketing, and fan discussion what? for the podcast? I, Cameron, are you, you going to do any, any of those jobs? You know, I, I do know that you have a lot more experience in all of those categories. Uh, how about we do this? We'll, we'll do an even split where you do all of that and I'll do the artwork. That, that sounds like a pretty fair balance, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that'll work out just great. Well, I what, think. Um, quick question for you: When uh, what's the turnaround time between this episode and when it has to go up? Oh God, uh, fourteen hours. Okay, let me let me get cracking on that edit then. Let me get okay. on that as fast. Well, I, I think the la- I think the last thing that I'll do uh, in service of this podcast is actually um, introduce the uh, ad that we're going to do today. Oh, yes. Uh, you, you conveniently slipped me a piece of paper earlier that mentioned that you guys uh, are part of the Nerdist School Network. Nerdist School is, Network, is right? yes. And that yes. Uh, you, you do shout-outs to other podcasts uh, as a little sponsorship deal. Yeah. And apparently this week it's the Potato Potato Podcast. Ah, uh, yes. The, the famous yes. Potato Potato Podcast. Yes. One of the uh, Chad Fogelman podcasts. <gasps> we know that guy. <laughs> He's a good guy. He's a good guy. That's Chad. Yeah, he is Chad. Chad's yeah, very, uh, and, um, very talented, very funny. Also... 
Super nice guy. The yes. nicest. Super, super nice guy. Very tall, too. Tall, handsome. God, I just wish Dr- I could just be like Chad. dreamy. I think we all could. But anyway, uh, folks, take a listen to this uh, this wonderful, entertaining ad. Oh, actually, I'm going to put that in at the end. Because it's too much work. It's too much work to try Ooh. to cut it in here. <laughs> I'm, I'm just already like... Stepping my bounds here, just like all right, I'm, I'm just gonna do it this way. Yeah, it, I think that the room is literally shaking from how far off the rails we've got. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I recently changed the structure because it's too much fucking work to uh, put, put in breakpoint. So I just slap mm-hmm. it on the end because I don't have time. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, especially this time. Silius, what do you have to plug? Either what you've been watching, reading, listening to, what you're in, what you're doing. Oh, uh, any and all above. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I, I don't. Aside from my own stuff, which I guess ha- we'll do a little later, but um, yeah, I have a podcast to plug. Have you guys listened to the the, crimi- the criminal podcast? The what? Criminal, criminal, the podcast. No, what? It's a wonderful podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Um, it's it's kind of it's uh, radio. It's a radiotopia. It's a podcast. That's like kind of the umbrella of podcasts and. They do, uh, they do these unbelievable stories about various incarnations of criminals or criminal activity through the ages. One is uh, like um, the stealing or, or the um, uh, the origins of uh, 420, where that started from. The other one is uh, um, Jolly Jolly Jane, the serial killer who poisoned like dozens of people That's over the years fuck. and uh the, it, the stories are told so well and uh it's just super entertaining it's one of the best podcasts out there right now so check out criminal podcast oh shit i should write that down <clears throat> that sounds really cool yeah uh chris do you have anything to plug for this week uh no i've i've had a, <clears throat> a very busy week um the only movie i saw recently was justice league and i refuse <laughs> to support people seeing that um, so, uh, instead I will say, let me think of something else to do instead. Oh, um, I've been listening to my favorite podcast, the James Bonding podcast. I've already plugged that once, uh, but currently they're talking about the movie Skyfall, which I think is one of the best James Bond movies. So I'm just going to say, go watch Skyfall. Cause that's fucking awesome. That might be the best James Bond movie that I've seen. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, it's pretty. I think it's by far the best Daniel Craig one. Casino Royale. Really? I was gonna say Casino Royale. I don't Royale. think it's better than Casino Royale. You think it's better than Casino? Well, we established I mean, that you I, have wrong opinions so far in this podcast. So I think we can just move on and say it is. Did I say that? It, which, which one's better? Casino Royale is better. I don't think so. I think Skyfall is better. Again, we've established you have wrong opinions on this podcast. So, but yes, go watch but Skyfall. He, he's guys. slipping it's, into his role very amazing. comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have fun with this. Oh, it's gonna be a rough transition, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron, what have you <clears> been watching wrestling lean to? If you say fucking Justice, I'm not gonna say Justice. <laughs> I actually have. Um, <laughs> There's a series that's about to come out on Amazon. The first episode just came out, uh, and it's the the marvelous Miss Marisol. Oh, I saw. There's the, ads the, all the around for it. it. Yeah, it blew me away. Yeah. Uh, so it's I think written by the same person that did Gossip Girl or Gilmore Girl. That's the one. Gilmore Girl. Gilmore Girl. Mm. Slightly different. Um, which I I couldn't really get into. I tried a handful of times to to get into Gilmore Girls, uh, but this show it's about a kind of fifties housewife. Uh, whose li- her perfect life gets derailed and her husband leaves her and she turns to stand-up comedy. Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay. And it's it was really good. The writing is great. The characters are really interesting. Amazon? Uh, yeah, it's an Amazon Prime cool. show. The full 
series comes out November 29th. Mm, it's just around uh, the corner. So, yeah, the, the end of this, I don't know when that is. Um, weekend and half, so. Yeah, uh, so there's that. Uh, I saw Lady Bird in theaters, which is amazing. I heard that was great. Uh, yeah. a, like a very real, uh, like mother daughter relationship. I gotta on go screen. to the movies, man. I just gotta go to the movies. Yeah, that. I, I mean, know. that movie just real. I texted my mom afterwards because it, <laughs> it, like, the relationship was so real. I, I texted her I'm like, "Thank you for being like such an open person to talk to." And she me. listens to this. She so does. To hear that again. Yeah, that's so sweet. That's amazing. I mean, that's amazing when you have art that kind of. You know, opens your eyes to things that you should be paying attention to, or inspires you, or or uh, moves you in some way to to make your life in that that nudges your life in a positive direction. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the the last plug. Just oh my god! Yes. Well, this is those are those are those are easy ones. Well, yeah, Amazon e- uh, theaters. Um, <laughs> I, I talk about video essays all the time. Yeah. On, on this podcast, uh, there's a group. That I don't think you'll care about much, Chris. Uh, but it's this—it's this creator named uh, his his YouTube handle is Mother's Basement, uh, and he he does these amazing, interesting video essays on kind of constructing good anime scenes and what it takes to craft. Like uh, the one I just watched recently was like how to craft the best fight scene and what it takes for like you need what what you need to go into a fight scene to make it memorable and impactful. Uh, he has another uh, kind of controversial video in in this world of him defending four kids television, the 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 group four kids. Uh, they were kind of the group responsible for bringing a lot of anime into America. They were the ones that redubbed uh, uh, Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh, uh, Ultimate Muscle, uh, uh, Card Captors, a handful of them. And the majority of the anime community really hates four kids because they do the dubs really poorly, very cheaply, and they change a lot of the Japanese aspects of the show to be more Americanized. Mm. Uh, but he he kind of goes through and defends some aspects of mm-hmm. the company, which is really interesting. So I, I recommend, I'm just yeah. going to plug the channel so it's easier for Chris. <laughs> um, if, if if you care about that kind of stuff, I Chris, highly recommend Chris, wake it. up. Chris, wake up. What? Chris, wake up. I highly, highly recommend because it's so fascinating. <laughs> what are we um, talking about? And and that's all I have, uh, Vasilius. Where can we find you? Um, so I, I know we, we normally start with guests, but since this is your departing episode, <laughs> yeah. I think it's important that you you plug your now podcast. Thank you, guys. Um, uh, so yeah, I have a, a podcast called Tolkien Takeaway that I explore all things Tolkien. Um, you can find it on iTunes, Tolkien Takeaway. You can find it on Twitter. Uh, at Tolkien Takeaway, find it on Facebook, and uh, the website is SoundCloud.com slash Tolkien Takeaway. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What about what about your personal? Do you care about your personals? Cool. Uh, Chris <laughs> no. now hosts no. this podcast. Yes. Where can we find you on uh, all the socials? I am uh, at Lordifer on Instagram and uh, Twitter, and uh, I I act quickly in terms of taking over my responsibilities as a podcast. So I have already uh, signed into all of our social media, and I see that we actually have uh, an email. Do we here? Yes. Like that we got during recording this. Uh, no, it, it's, because it's, we check it so often. It, it, it came in recently. I'm, uh, <laughs> with my new responsibilities, I'm trying to get better about actually responding to people on things. Appreciate and so, that. uh, this Appreciate is from that. Ashley Clark and it came in last week and she was saying that she was coincidentally listening to the podcast on where to go see, uh, justice league. And she hopes she won't hate her life in three hours. 
and um, she we wanted some great news for you. She wanted me to let you know, uh, Cameron, that Hush is some of the hottest Nightwing art in her opinion, Ooh. and uh, and you know, need to go read it. So I I guess that that that's the the turning point for me. I guess I have to go read that, it. That you really have to go do it. Yes. Uh, and so I thought, you know, it would be kind of me to, in the past, before I had logins, uh, respond to her <laughs> and, uh, you know, just ask her a bit about what she thought about Justice League. And so she said that she actually did like it. There we go. I'm not alone. Um, she yeah, really did, did not care for uh, Steppenwolf, though. She was basically yeah. thought it was just pointless villainy. And if he had literally said, I'm a bad guy, watch me be villainous, my villainy, uh, it wouldn't have surprised <laughs> her at all. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, she said the Flash was great. She adored the Superman bits, so she hopes that they don't go too Christopher Reeve with it. And she mentions that's a doctoral thesis you all don't need. So maybe she wrote a doctoral thesis about Superman, in which case we should follow up on that. Oh, be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman should only be directed by a woman. Agreed. Uh, Batfleck could pull Rachel Dawes and get changed out without a word, and she'd be happy. Also agreed. Mm-hmm. And Cyborg and under, uh, Aquaman are underutilized. I would agree. Interesting. With- I think Cyborg was overutilized. I, I can kind of see where she's coming from. They, they, I think they... They gave him a lot of plot shit to do, but not a lot of necessary like emotional arc yeah, and that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. So I think there's something fair there. But she thought it uh, played like a long episode of JL or JLU, and that it was a thing for DC fans, maybe not for everyone else. Which mm-hmm. those are all very valid what points was there. The, so uh, thank you, Ashley, for writing in. That was very sweet of you to do so. You can cut this out if you want because it's more discussion. But what um, Joss Whedon influence was actually palatable. <laughs> what Joss Whedon? <laughs> what Joss Whedon? <laughs> what Joss Whedon do? Um, Good. It, uh, you could basically tell very obviously the scenes that were, were Joss scenes and the ones that were Zack Snyder scenes. Funnier, um, quirkier. It, uh, it, well, I mean, the problem was is that they, those two shinier. Tones, well, those two tunes are... Those two, 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 two. If you really care, uh, we did have a great two-hour discussion on it. I didn't and see the crossover. movie. I'm not going to see it, though. That's fine. Our crossover episode will be coming out soon. Yeah. Where... Uh, longer than the film itself, mind you. Yes. Uh, and yes. actually, this podcast itself is getting dangerously close to that. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say... Real, a we said a lot, about, a lot yeah. about what Joss, yeah. uh, Joss input oh, okay. versus I, Snyder input. I would say real quick, um, they are two incredibly different filmmakers with incredibly different tones, and they don't work well when mashed together. You can basically tell which one's this, which. I would assume And that. it all made it kind of a bit of a muddled mess. This is a, very much a Frankenstein movie. Yeah. Um, in a weird way, I actually think I would have rather have seen an entirely Zack Snyder version of this film. Mm. Which uh, would surprise everyone. Who Might have been a good movie. bad movie if that was the case. It it would have been consistent, flawed and wrong, but um, consistent and at least with some sense of like ambition and direction and purpose, um, mm-hmm. misguided though it may have been. Mm-hmm. Right. So thank uh, you. Um, I'll sign us out since uh, we were talking for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk to us, uh, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Gmail. I, I will take my newfound responsibility seriously and try and respond uh, promptly to yes. all these things. Uh, I do read some of the the stuff on Instagram occasionally, sometimes, uh, and sometimes. maybe I'll reply one of these sometimes, days. Sometimes, maybe, yeah. Uh, just know, in general, if you're getting a response, it's coming from from me. From yes. Chris. Yeah, which is fine because I signed them all, Chris. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you all for listening. Yes, thanks so much. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Oh, yeah, Bye, that's guys. a thing that's happening. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, yeah. guys. Bye. Bye.
You like podcasts with themes and purpose? Love them. Me neither. Oh. That's why we created the Potato Potato Podcast. You mean Potato Potato. Sure. Great. Then check out our show. Every week we have a special guest from the world of improv and entertainment. We promise we won't stay on topic. And with some help from the human bag of garbage intern Rich. We're best friends. Nope. Nope. And the voice of reason Sam. You're doing this ad wrong. We make a show that somehow makes sense. We've been told the show's like hanging out with your best friends, but let's be honest, your best friends are kind of jerks. Yeah. So check us out every Wednesday on the Nerdist School Network. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.